The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. It's 2.34 on the 6.30 Ched Afternoon News. Brenton Dreger in for Andrew and Jaylin today as they enjoy their week in Mexico. Uh, this half hour, um, pleased to be joined in studio by Jason Harley. Now, if that name rings a bell faintly for you, uh, it's probably because of the events of June 8th, 2015, when uh, he was one of uh, the police officers who was uh, shot in the line of duty. Uh, of course, you'll remember Constable Daniel Woodall, who died as he and uh, Sergeant Jason Harley were executing uh, an arrest warrant in the West End. Well, Jason Harley has uh, finished his policing career and has moved over to another side of law, um, actually finishing his studies to become a lawyer. And uh, Jason, thanks a lot for coming in studio. Uh, no no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's it's an interesting story to be a police officer for, what, 17 years with it, EPS? Yes. Yeah, I started uh, September 11th, 2000, and uh, just finished in uh, May of 2017. So after that long as uh, a member of the police force, why did you decide to switch to law, start studying law? Uh, well, the, the decision was made earlier than that. I started, uh, obviously, law school started in September 2014, and it was uh, one of those things where when I first uh, joined the EPS, it was back in 2000, I was contemplating going to law school at that time. And uh, I wasn't really sure what, uh, what path to take. I applied with the EPS and uh, very fortunately and, and gratefully, they, uh, they offered me a job. And uh, at the time, I was very excited at the prospect of uh, becoming a police officer. So I accepted, started recruit training and didn't look back. And at the time, it was absolutely the the right decision. I had a, a great career and uh, wonderful experiences, great friends. But the idea of going to law school never really left. It actually every few years it would kind of circle back in terms of well, maybe uh, now would be a good time. How would I fit it in? Uh, and it was one of those things I just progressed, and as time kind of gets away from you, and so in it was, looking back now, it was actually 2013, and I just remember. Um, just by chance, I came across a publication that the last writing of the LSAT was coming up on December 11th, or sorry, uh, December 7th, 2013. Hmm. And this was about September. And basically, it was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I do it. It's, it's now or never. I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> so I, I went and bought, <laughs> I, that day, I went, uh, went to Chapters, bought a study guide for the LSAT, uh, applied to write it, um, wrote it on December 7th, and... We're just going to see see what happened. And it turned out it went well. I got my application together for the U of A and uh, was accepted. And wow. and then it became a decision on, well, what to do now? Because I was still working at the time and I wasn't in a position to, to leave policing, nor did I want to. And I was just questioned then of, well, how, how, how do you make it work? And I just took it from there. Hmm. Did you want? So when you were growing up, did you want to be a lawyer or a police officer? Actually, something I've, else. I've been asked that. Yeah, no, it's uh, the idea of being a police officer. No, I, I never, a lot of my recruit class classmates always always knew they wanted to be okay. a policeman. Uh, for me, no, it wasn't really 
something I never thought about. Uh, going even through university, I took political science degree. I had other thoughts. Um, it really wasn't until uh, my last year that I started to get interested more just even uh, on the investigative side of what police work would be. And uh, it was more then, it was in my early 20s, like 21, 22, that I kind of came to it that, no, this would be a, a career that would fit. And I decided to, to pursue it. So you've just finished law school. You've started articling at Brownlee LLP. How did, how did you end up there? Uh, that's, uh, again, another... Uh, kind of happenstance. It's uh, one of the, the partners there. Um, I, it turns out that our, uh, I have a 10-year-old son, and he also has a 10-year-old son, and they play hockey together. Hmm. So uh, they ended up on the same hockey team. And we started talking, and I was uh, in my first year of law school at the time. And I didn't really, I kind of kept it quiet, didn't really talk much about going to school. Um, so we just met socially and became friends over time, and then just talking his friends came out that I was going to law school. I knew obviously that he was a lawyer and it just grew from there that, uh, and then the more I learned about Brownlee, uh, and the, the great work that they do and especially the, the government work, the administrative law work, the corporate work that, uh, it would be a, a great fit. And, uh, luckily, um, Brownlee was looking for articling students and everything fell into place. Huh, interesting. Now, uh, where do you want to go in your legal career? If you're articling there, probably you're not heading for a, a career as a Crown Prosecutor, are you? You're looking for a different kind of area of, le- of law? No, and that was part of the the idea of transitioning, was that, um, yeah, it was uh, even going through law school, kind of classes that uh, I found kind of the most intriguing, dealt on the, the corporate side, corporate compliance, um, governance, and even dealing in... Uh, administrative law aspects and uh, municipalities so and and again Brownlee is a good fit because that's quite a bit of the where they specialize in the law they practice so in order to more be uh, in the realm of uh, corporate commercial administrative law is where I hope to to end up Hmm. interesting Uh, it's 240 we need to squeeze in a break here but we're chatting with uh, Jason Harley former EPS sergeant uh, who was shot in the line of duty a few years ago and is transitioning now to a career uh, in law. So we'll continue our conversation with Jason in just a moment here on 630 Chet. On the 6.30 Ched Afternoon News, we're speaking with uh, Jason Harley, uh, EPS member turned lawyer now here in Edmonton. You remember him uh, from the events of June 8th, 2015, when a couple of police officers were shot in the line of duty. Uh, One fatally injured, that Constable Daniel Woodall. Uh, Sergeant Jason Harley uh, obviously recovered um, from those injuries as they were executing an arrest warrant in West Edmonton. Um... Jason, when you, I mean, this is this is coming up in three years ago now. I guess two and a half years ago. What? How much do you remember about that night? What do you remember? Oh, I, everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I think. Yeah, there were. Well, I think it's for everyone who was was there that day. Yeah, it's uh, obviously a remarkable event that you never forget. Hmm. Is there like one part of it that you keep coming back to when you reflect on it? How and how often does it enter your memory? Is it something you think about every day? Do you kind of embrace that when the memories come up? Do you try to block them out? How do you approach that? Uh, I, I think for everyone, there were eight of us there that day and then obviously many other officers who responded 
uh, in the course of the event. Uh, for me, no, it's something like to be frank about it. You think about it every day mm. uh, at different times in different parts, uh, but you just kind of accept that. That's I think for anyone who has kind of remarkable events that uh, that occur, it's uh, they'll come back to you, and different things will bring you back to those those moments. And uh, for me, it's more just a matter of accepting that that's just part of it and uh, gaining a, a level of, of comfort with that. Hmm. Um, I mean, obviously you had physical healing to do. You were shot in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, tell us a bit about the healing process, both physically and psychologically. Uh, for me, physically uh, wasn't... It was just a question of time. Uh, the the wound was not, thankfully, was not significant. Uh, the round pierced the body armor I was wearing, and it was thanks to the the body armor that it it was a minor injury. So that in, in the course of six to eight weeks, the wound healed on its own, and there really haven't been any uh, lingering effects from that. Uh, in terms of the uh, the emotional and mental side of it, and for anyone, it's just a uh, you process the event in different ways. For me, I was able in the months that that followed to kind of put the event in a in its proper perspective. And I think for me, the big thing going forward was more the uh, coming to the point of that there was an act of violence that was going to happen with uh, with Mr. Raditz. He'd arrived in a point in his life where something tragic was going to occur. It was a matter of where and when that was going to happen. And so for those of us who were there that day, I know for me, I arrived at the point where someone had to, at some point, deal with him on his terms. And we were able to do that. And uh, I do think uh, there were eight of us there through the actions of the, the members who were there. Who it's, uh, They were heroic in what they did. Um, we prevented a larger tragedy from occurring and so when you do think about uh, what happened and what might have been and things that could have played out differently I also incorporate into that as well things could have been far worse Mm. and another event likely has been prevented and uh, so at a certain point too and I can't speak for the other guys who were there but I I have spoken to them afterwards is that there's a a gratitude that comes as well with having been there and uh, a pride that comes with the fact that you know that uh, you did your job, uh, you did it well, and unfortunately, uh, a very excellent police officer wasn't able to to walk away from it. But um, that we were able to to do a, something good that day. Now, a lot of people have to recover from you know from grief, from from trauma. But what you experienced, uh, you know, only a very small number of people experienced. You mentioned there's eight officers responded initially. Um, so obviously it's, it's a small group of you who had to respond to that in the heat of the moment. Um, obviously, Constable Woodall's family uh, had a lot to go through and some of it very publicly. And, and they actually, in fact, ended up moving away from Edmonton back to uh, the UK. Um, I guess I'm just wondering a bit about what, you know, have you talked to, did you talk to them a lot in the process of, trying to deal with this and 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 close the book on it what's that like grieving it or dealing with it in in with a small group of people like that who've been so impacted by something so tragic 
Uh, in the the days that followed, uh, I managed. Leading up to that, I had never met uh, Claire, mm. uh, and so in the the days, the immediate uh, days that followed, I actually was able to spend quite a bit of time uh, with her and with uh, Mr. and Mrs. Woodall. The Dan's parents uh, obviously came over very quickly, and it was in spending time with them, uh, especially Dan's parents. Um, you know, they obviously had a lot of questions, and I was very happy and grateful for the opportunity to provide them with some answers. Because uh, I know if it were, uh, again, as a father, he, he needed to know what happened to his boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for me, it was good to spend hours with him and being able to provide him and walk him through. And I think for able to provide him that closure of knowing the, that his son uh, died um, saving others uh, and that he performed uh, his job admirably mm. and that uh, that again I was grateful for that opportunity to give him that chance to kind of gain closure for me it was more uh, in those days that followed it was just a matter of doing my again doing my job uh, and getting through what needed to be done and then over time being able to to kind of gain a a perspective on on what occurred we've got to squeeze in another quick break here we're speaking with uh, jason harley former member of the eps uh now turned lawyer here on 6 30 chad on 6.30, Chad. Our guest is Jason Harley, uh, former EPS sergeant um, who was one of the two officers shot in on the evening of Janu- uh, June 8th, 2015, the night that Constable Woodall was killed, uh, has now moved on from being an EPS officer and transitioning to a law career, just wrapping up his uh, artling, uh, articling here in the city at Brownlee LLP. Um Jason, we, we talked a bit about, you know, looking back on the events of June 8th, 2015, and uh, what it's like to kind of grieve something and cope with, deal with something in the aftermath after something uh, so senseless, so tragic, and with such a small group of people, very few people who can identify with what you're going through. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is, uh, was survivor's guilt ever, I guess, a part of the equation for you or the others that night? Uh, I, I can't speak... Uh for the others, I know for me it was uh, I. I'd say yes initially, especially in the first in the weeks that followed. Uh, you're just trying to comprehend what happened, and for me it was more. I don't think it was survivor's guilt. It was more you. You pour over um, every decision that you made mm. that day, and uh, always wondering, well, if you'd done X, Y, and Z differently, what could the result have been? Uh, so more of that, and more going over. Basically, just playing different scenarios in your head of, well, if we'd have done this, then this might have happened, or what about this? Um, but again, it's, it's uh, for me that resolving that was more just coming to the acceptance that uh, we did. Uh, did. We did our jobs that day. We did it well. And uh, I, I do think, and I am I'm incredibly proud of the, the people who I was there with. And uh, I think that in the end... Um, I, I am convinced that we we prevented uh, something far more tragic from occurring, and uh, if someone had to be there to kind of take the brunt of what was coming, uh, you do feel a sense of pride, and I, I, I think I can speak for the other guys who were there, is that we were able to to take that and deal with that. 
Now, this happened in the summer of 2015, and you'd already been in law school for what, year, year and a half? I finished my first year, and I was, uh, yeah, going transition. Oh, uh, Sliding into the second year. Right. How did you juggle that? Were you going to school during the day? Was this night school while you're, you know, how did you juggle work and law school? Uh, it, w- it was delicate at the best of times. Uh, again, I wasn't uh, in a position to do part-time classes or, and mm. with policing, it's, it's a full-time job. So it's, uh, and I wanted to, my intention was to finish the degree as quickly as possible, although that was an option. Uh, the faculty and the staff there were outstanding to deal with, and that I could have uh, deferred classes. Oh. But it was, uh, and actually, it was important. Post uh, the shooting, going back to law school was uh, it was a great goal to have, and I found it helpful even moving forward to kind of have that there as having to get things back on track and together. Because September was a hard deadline; I had to be ready to to get back to school, and then even having uh, school to focus on. Uh, in the months that followed provided a nice uh, kind of, I don't want to say segue, but it was a nice way to kind of decompress. And then, uh, again, as part of, I think time was important too, to kind of put some time between the event uh, and Mm. putting things in perspective. And so I found going to school was quite helpful. And that time being, it was good to be busy, to have both the work and the full-time school. But it was... uh, a delicate balance. Hmm. So you got you'll be done at Brownlee LLP this summer, and then likely called to the bar, and then uh, and then just you, working. You, <laughs> then just work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You work for another twenty, thirty years. Retire a lawyer, eh? There uh, you go. Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Well, Jason, thanks a lot for your time today. Thanks for coming in studio. Uh, it was good to see you and, and hear your story. Thank you very much. All right, that's uh, Jason Harley, former EPS member, uh, transitioning to uh, a law career. Stick around for the news here on 630 Chad. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.